Hey, Sean. Yes. We had the greatest visitors at work today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This morning, we had a little duck show up at the front door. Did it want lemonade from a lemonade stand? I don't know. I think it wanted some teeth pulled or something. But uh, it was was just kind of like walking around and walking around the front door. And then next thing you know, there's a full-on, full-size like falcon just hanging out on the lawn right by the front door as well. I think it was looking for some duck for dinner. No, it it's crazy. That's like the cool thing about working with a in a place where there's a door to the direct outside is that you get strange visitors that you feel like life is happening around you. Oh, I get to see everything. I get to see life just pass by as I'm stuck inside. But nice. uh, you know what's not passing by as we're stuck inside? What's that? This episode of the Seat on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seat on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. As the song just said, and of course, we are getting ready for, what is it, two more big sleeps before <laughs> E3 starts? It's like Christmas Eve. It's like Christmas in June. Yeah, I think every, all, like all the big stuff anything. starts, what, Sunday? Yeah. It's, it's like we we it's like Christmas Eve, but we don't actually get anything. It's like... We are just, uh, we're getting IOUs. It's <laughs> How would you put it? So, I mean, we can go through the dates and stuff really quickly. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's like one of those things where you highly anticipate. And this year has been pretty good in not spoiling the content. I know a few years ago, you'd get ready for E3 and it would be the live show. And they'd be like, Call of Duty trailer drop today and the show's in like four days and that's kind of crazy we did get surprised on wednesday with um the draw or the release of the uh what was it the battlefield 2042 trailer which i'm really excited yeah it actually looks really good to talk about we have lots going on but as always what is up what what have you been playing what have you been doing um you know what i've actually been playing a lot uh, I've been playing a lot of Lords of Waterdeep, which is a board game, but I've been playing it on my tablet. Wrong, wrong podcast, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. You just asked me what I'm playing. It doesn't matter. That's game's true. A, That's a true. game's a game. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I've been so tired lately that uh, when I get home, I just want to like hang out on the couch, but not really play anything. Like not have to think about using my hands. it's like it's it's like a passive play right yeah well you know it's it's kind of very casual so i'm just kind of playing on on my tablet and i don't know that game's just so much fun we actually ended up playing it uh last last weekend uh owen and i and some uh friends and uh it's just it's just such a good have we actually played it have i have I introduced you to the game of Lords of Waterdeep? No, unfortunately you have not. 
Oh, it's it's such an easy to learn and easy to pick up and play game. Um, and yeah, like throughout the week, I've just kind of been dabbling in Mass Effect. Still, but other than that, oh, I I started playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order again. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm assuming that's my fault. No, not really. I've just been catching up on uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So it just got me, I don't know, it was just giving me, I, I got the itch to play. I mean, yeah, I've uh, in the last week, I think I've maybe clocked two, three hours of video games. I really haven't played a lot. Um, I played a little bit of Call of Duty one night. I played three games, one twice, so I called it quits. And mm-hmm. uh, I started playing a franchise mode in NHL last night for a little bit mm-hmm. we're still we're still watching the handmaid's tale which is just oh, yeah that weird show man it's it's so fucked up there's so many twists and turns it's like one minute you're in cambridge and then you're in toronto then you're in hamilton it's so it's so messed up um but i started invincible on amazon watch it Ooh, hold on which one's that one it is the graphic novel comic book by robert kirkman oh that's right Honestly, the first episode's runtime is a little intimidating. Why is that? It's like 48 minutes and the rest are like 30 something. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, it's kind of like that whole WandaVision thing that you hated. Not a full hour, but not quite enough. Yeah, but WandaVision never even remotely was a half hour. True. It was like 22 minutes. You were like, what the fuck? Yeah, you can't even do a proper show in this that that amount of time. Um, This show, though is so well done. It's like, how do I put it? Any comic book character that you might've thought of is involved in this show with a different name. Batman is like Nightwing. There's a Hellboy kind of character, which is a detective Mm -hmm. of the dead. And it's just, it's graphic. It's unexpected. The voice actors are incredible. It's it's a lot of really like middling famous people, I guess. What's you would say. the animation style like? Like, if you had to compare it to another animated show, what would it be most like? Because uh, you know how things like there's like SpongeBob or Samurai Jack, or you know, yeah. like Samurai Jack and uh, Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, those that like that kind of style, or would it be more? like SpongeBob or the Simpsons or family guy kind of more rounded, soft edges or like hard. No, there, there is some sharp edges like that. It, it kind of has like that Batman. Um, what was it? Batman beyond meets kind of. Did, did you watch Avengers assembled? Very like, like their jaw lines are chiseled. Their muscles are like firm, that kind of stuff. Mm, okay. Um, but it's also very graphic, which is really nice. I'm trying to think of the like graphic as in like violent. The old graphic. Like, like bloody bloody shit. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's quite good. It is considered eh, adult animation. It's not like natural. Like, it's like heavy metal. I don't know. Take a take a look at the picture. I I really have a hard time describing what it kind of is compared to. What's it called? Invinci- Invincible. 
like I kind of see like the Titans um, animated series. Like, oh yeah, yeah. it's like it's like uh, yeah, Teen Titans or the Justice League Batman animated series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's got that. It's like that classic uh, superhero animated style, but with more realistic coloring. I, I guess, yeah. Like, 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 there's no like Superman blue where, like, you know, it's the hero. Mm-hmm. But it's it's wild. It's very well done. I'm four episodes in, and I'll pro- I don't know how many episodes are in the first season, but I will honestly tell you, it is eight episodes long, and I'm already like, oh my god, we gotta go. Are you finding that uh, shows are like their seasons are getting shorter and shorter? Well, I think with COVID, it's hard to have like a long term show, right? I remember when like show seasons would be like 15 or 16 episodes. Did you see the Elizabeth Olsen interview the other day? She's apparently been in character for two years as Wanda Maximoff straight. So like they took a break after Endgame. Mm -hmm. And then she shot... Most of WandaVision, and then with the COVID restrictions, they stopped and they started again. And then they shot all of Doctor Strange. She literally, like, they just wrapped all that, and she's been doing it for two years straight. That's incredible. Yeah, it must be nice to get have that job security and get paid millions of dollars. It must be nice to, to have that Marvel money. Yeah, I know, right? But yes, please, watch Invincible. I don't know. Did you want me to feel bad for her or something? No, I just oh. I, I I felt I just thought it was a crazy amount of time to work on one project. Oh well, you know she's getting paid to do it, right? I guess so. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I've been doing is I've been playing a lot of walkabout golf on on that VR I I borrowed. Oh yeah, you you're loving that, aren't you? Yeah, I got to tell you the the experience for this kind of game is incredibly unique. Like I, I've dabbled with some of the other VR stuff, but I keep going back to this game while I'm borrowing it. It's like. A fun rental, right? Mm-hmm. But y- you are fully immersed into this 3D area. And you like, when you're waiting for your turn, if you're playing online, you actually watch the other person's like avatar putt, which is cool. And you can see like their kind of movement and what they're, what they're doing with their arms mm-hmm. and their head. But you're like looking also for like lost balls on each hole. And you're like planning out your shots. It's very fun. It, it's literally like playing mini golf. The one thing I still have a hard time doing is like they're they're called VR legs, I guess. It's sometimes oh. where I end up above water or something, and I shouldn't be there. I like stumble a little. So, like, how do you move? Is it teleport, or do you move with like the like the actual joystick? So there is a teleport option where you can go from your like from where you shot to where your ball ended up. Or if you press up on the joystick, you create like a little blue circle that you can walk to. So some holes you could either teleport or like I was playing a castle level last night and you could actually like teleport or you could take the stairs the long way and adventure through the castle while you play. But like, like if you're, if you're walking, mm-hmm. um, if, if you're walking, it does do you move slowly there? Like as if you were physically walking there in real life or does your viewpoint just like zoom to that area? It would zoom to that area, but I'm also playing in the confined space, right? So I'm playing with the, um, I forget what the term is, but it maps the circle 
yep on the room, floor so that's room what boundary playing. yeah yeah i i we don't have enough room for me to save like you know me i'm coordinated when i can see things but i would just fall all over the place and it's kind of cool because i play near the table and i i have these like weird out of body experiences when i want to have a drink because mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm being all sneaky, popping my head outside of the boundary because the cameras activate on the front of the the VR and I could see my drink, you know, and I just feel like I'm kind of peering through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very different and unique. And I, I really rather uh, enjoy it. So what do we got going on today? Uh, well, so, so much. we got like a bunch of stuff going on. Do you, do you want to talk about, I, I know it's a little bit down our list and we'll probably talk about it a ton because Nintendo is just Nintendo, but what happened last week? You and I were convinced to the point you were threatening to eat your shorts. It was my shoe. And actually that wasn't because I was not convinced. <laughs> You're the one that believes rumors, not me. We were just discussing a rumor. And the fact that I that I said that if Nintendo were to actually release or announce a Switch Pro console, that I would eat my shoe, clearly I did not want to eat my shoe. So that was a that was a uh, a bet that I did not want to win or that I did not want to lose. Sorry. True. It, it's kind of funny because every so often we get these little. Uh, I don't know, these little whispers and it turns into a, a small rumble and it just keeps building up, building up and we keep getting these leaks and all these rumors and stuff like that uh, for a Switch Pro console and then nothing happens. Just like last time. And uh, it's funny because Nintendo announced their uh, what Nintendo Direct for E3 and they specifically said that it was going to be a software presentation. So unless Nintendo's pulling a quick one on us, um, you know, it's, we're not going to be seeing a switch pro system. The, the at, cra- announced at E3. The crazy part about it too, is we know about the patents. We know about pretty much every, I wouldn't say intricate detail, but we know enough details to know that this item exists, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like, like it, we, it's it's beyond we, the point of fictional. Not necessarily. You'd have like, to convince me pretty hard that the evidence isn't there. Well, like you know, I I'm sure I could I could post something on on 4chan, say you know a credible source, my uncle who lives at Nintendo, said that there there's a Switch Pro. With some, you know, random specs that could be realistic, right? Believable. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, that could just start a rumble and eventually people would believe it, right? That's true. The thing with Nintendo is that they're so very secretive about, about their stuff. And even still, when there's rumors about something and leaks, a lot of the times they're not uh, not accurate. Right, like, sure. Uh, I don't know. Like, were there rumors about the the new 3ds? Like, even the rumors about the the Switch in general mm-hmm. were completely like out. Like, when the the system actually released and they announced it, it was completely out of left field, right? And no one really. It was kind of 
I don't know, it was like this crazy hybrid console that no one could really imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the there's enough, uh, like I guess, leaks, so to speak, to really justify saying that we know exactly what the the pro console is going to be i think it's easier to guess and to make assumptions based off of current technology and where nintendo would need to make improvements on the system hardware wise to keep it um competitive with the um even remotely competitive with the uh xbox series x and ps5 not saying that it's going to be anywhere near as powerful but just you know uh display weight wise and um portability you know uh nick baker was one of the original people who broke it who's a host of the xbox era or era podcast apparently the source that he had also claimed that it might get delayed but one of the reasons why they were trying to have or there was widely believed that an announcement would have happened last week opposed to this week or mid next week was Nintendo or other developers wanted to be able to show off what they were doing for Nintendo, i.e. Ubisoft or potentially Microsoft. So who knows? Like all the presentations are throughout the week. So we'll we'll Mm -hmm. see when we see, but I still wouldn't be surprised. Like out of everything that could possibly not surprise me this week, that would be the biggest one that would not surprise me. Uh, like, yeah, I would be surprised if they were to announce that just because Nintendo specifically did say that they're just only going to be showcasing software. I think we're more likely to see something along the lines of Metroid Prime 4 or another Mario Kart, um, definitely Breath of the Wild 2. You know, those games, I think we're we're going to see stuff like that versus uh, any new hardware revision. So why don't we hold on to Nintendo for a bit and talk about stuff that we do know? Well, we don't really know much of anything. Well, we know Battlefield <laughs> is coming out. Oh, uh, yes, but we still and, don't know much about it. And we are going to get a live, I guess, gameplay demo on June 13th. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. So they released the, the, I guess, teaser trailer or whatever earlier this week on on Wednesday. And apparently it's all in-game footage. So it uses the game engine for that trailer, which the, I have to give it. You have to give it to uh, DICE. They have, like, the Frostbite engine is quite possibly one of the best-looking uh, game engines out there. I'd agree. You know, uh, the Call of Duty and all those games, they do look great, but I think Call of Duty, what Activision lacks, and it's like in compression, <laughs> uh, DICE is able to make these games that look phenomenal and that don't take up, you know, 200 gigs. Uh, so the the graphics on this look, look really good, and I think... Uh, I think we will be impressed with it because Dice has been making these like these games have looked this good since like Battlefield Three, right? That was on like the PlayStation Three and PC, yeah, and, right. So like they've they've made these their advancements to this game engine, and even you know like their more recent ones, Battlefield One and Battlefield Five. Um, 
looked they looked really good. So I think uh, this is just another obviously um, iteration of the game engine. But <laughs> how, did you play Battlefield Two? No, I got onto the Battlefield train for Battlefield Three, and I thought for the longest time there could be no better game. I just when it came to to combat and sniping and all that. Battlefield 3 was the pinnacle for me. Battlefield yeah. 4, on the other hand, or no, wait, was it, what was it? It was called, what was the police one? The cops and robbers one. Um, That was um, hardline. Hardline. Did, I, I stopped paying attention then. And I don't think I, I didn't enjoy Battlefield 1. I thought it was really slow. Yeah. Like they tried to do something slightly different. Um, with Battlefield Battlefield 1, you know, like for the longest time people were complaining that um people were complaining that uh all these games are going too futuristic. Right? Like Call of Duty had like all the jetpacks and the space guns and all that stuff. Battlefield while they were still sticking with kind of like the modern day military stuff, it was still kind of getting more like more current, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's these cries out by the community that people wanted, you know, to go back to World War II or like the old school shooters and or um, like older wars. So that's when Dice came out with Battlefield One, which was really cool because there really haven't been many many mainstream like AAA games that took place during uh, the World War One era. So uh, their war stories thing, which was kind of like their take on a campaign. Uh, was really interesting, right? Because you could see different, um, I don't know, different stories and different aspects of World War One through different the eyes of different uh, characters. People that, that was right? such a cool element in the story for it sure. Cool, it was a cool concept. So then that game, like it did well enough. Like it was uh, really interesting going back, and they obviously had to make some adjustments to the game. Um, to give it the modern shooter, um, I don't know, qualities, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of those guns didn't have, you know, red dot sights and stuff like that. So they added similar things like that, but so to make the game more accessible, right? To add more upgrades to weapons and whatnot. Um, so the, then they went and did Battlefield Five, which was World War Two, And I don't understand why... Like people either love that game or hate it, and I don't really get it. Like it's a, it was a pretty solid shooter. Um, I didn't play like I played the multiplayer a bit, but I wasn't like a hardcore hardcore player to really dive into uh, a lot of the game modes. So I, I don't really know if it's just something that I was missing, right? Like I guess they made they made the maps kind of smaller and more close combat stuff and less. Uh, less uh, vehicles and whatnot to play. Yeah. The, how, how do I say it? I, the one thing I really didn't appreciate the last few battlefields was like how they made, uh, what is it called? It's like their rush mechanic. Mm-hmm. It, That's like their like team death match kind of smaller maps. Yeah. But it, like you play as either offense or defense and you either mm-hmm. hold or it just didn't seem very well put together. The one thing I will say I'm in like genuinely ecstatic for is 
the fact that multiplayer team deathmatch and like the larger 32 versus 32 maps will be returning with explosive environments. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that really I think kept me in Battlefield 4. The fact that oh, you have a team hiding out in that house, boom, shell exploded. Love that. Yeah, like it was it was pretty cool how they added that mechanic, but I think a lot of people just liked the 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 huge massive scale warfare from Battlefield, you know, 1942 and Battlefield 2. And it it looks like Battlefield 2042 is going back to that um because they they've stated that it's uh, multiplayer only, so there's not going to be a campaign or anything, which you know, the campaign games, like these people never bought these for campaign because they were always originally multiplayer only games, right? So they're going yeah. back to that, which is good. They can focus more on that. Um, and the trailer really kind of pays homage to some of like the craziness that people do in like in Battlefield 2 and some of the other games, Battlefield 3 as well. You know, the, there is uh, the one, the first kind of joking part was uh, they drove an ATV off the top of a building into a helicopter, you know. Uh, but the best part ever is uh, the guys in, the pilot's in an F-22 or an F-22-like plane, right? In a uh, aerial dogfight, he literally, like, jumps out of the plane, blows the other plane up with a uh, rocket launcher, <laughs> and then jumps back into his plane and flies away like that i laughed so hard when i saw that for the first time because that's exactly like what people do so the fact that dice is embracing that uh, aspect of the community and like what people do in those games um you know shows that they're maybe finally paying attention to yeah, what people something want they like what people like to at. do well it, it it's hard to say if it was dice or if that was ea kind of dictating what they wanted the game to be, right? Because we all know EA is very uh, notorious for forcing developers to add or subtract things to hmm. hit a bu- budget or to make the money, right? So I don't know, but the the price point is um is not I don't know for a multiplayer only game, um. It's what seventy bucks US. Wait, the, the, sorry, did they confirm in that trailer was multiplayer only? Did I miss something? Yeah, it's going to be. Mo- I it's not in the trailer, but there was um, some s- statements. Oh, um, okay. So you're yeah, looking at what other games famously did that? Titanfall two, no like Titanfall what, one. What Titanfall one was multiplayer only. Yeah. Um, and also Titanfall EA. two they added a campaign. But Wait, didn't they do that to a Battlefront game too? Or did I imagine that? Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, like yeah. the first Battlefront game was multiplayer only. It had like, yeah, nothing really was a story mode or anything like that. Okay, so seventy dollars for a multiplayer game only. Now you better, you better hope Dice is bringing it with multiple modes. Like at least if I pay seventy dollars for Call of Duty, I'm getting twenty four seven multi uh like mini maps i'm getting big maps i'm getting ground war i'm getting um kill confirmed hell you get warzone for free that's interesting to me but like 
you don't like you don't need to buy Warzone is not part of the purchase of like I know you said it's you get it for free but it's a separate game it's a separate entity in itself. Yeah, yes right? and no now because Warzone's integration with Black Ops is insane. Like the fact that Warzone you don't need like, black you don't need Black Ops to play Warzone or to get any of that content. Well, yeah, you're you're right and you're wrong. So the the benefit of having Black Ops now is for people who are willing to spend the money on the season's pass, you have a faster way of possibly collecting it opposed to not completing the grind in like 50 days. So there there is a, a small benefit for mm-hmm. sure. But that would be something I'd be interested in too. Like is Battlefield at the $70 price point also going to charge $24 per season? Or are they going to charge $10 per season's pass? Or are they going to give you the first season's pass for free? Well, like obviously we know that there's going to be a season's pass, well, but yeah, hopefully, free. hopefully it's not going to be a game riddled with microtransactions that like the good thing about modern multiplayer, like microtransactions is that for the most part, they're cosmetic only. So I don't care if um, they have season passes for Battlefield 2042, as long as it's all cosmetics only. And as long as any new maps and stuff like that are released for free without being behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Call of Duty did that for the longest time where they would release map packs. Same with Halo, right? Mm -hmm. Like the... Um, they would release map packs and it divides the multiplayer community f- on that on that console right because then you get you you get half the people that have the the new maps and then half people playing just the core game and right then you're now dividing your opportunities to uh to get a full multiplayer game because you know only half the user base has all of the maps available well, so as long as they release the any new maps for free to everyone, then it should be fine. Well, yeah, I think they did that with Battlefield One. The maps came for free. There was one DLC that happened, which I think was paid, but that game was also part of the whole um, loot box scandal that EA kind of involved themselves in heavily because of Battlefront Two. And do you remember? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what the loot boxes were like in that game? Yeah, you I, got I a shovel. Cool. Oh, you got this skin for the fifth time. What Yay. was it? Battlefront two or was that three? No, that's not Battlefront two. That's Battlefield one. Because remember, you'd get like you'd be able to pull your like they were called crates, and they didn't have any pay to win. Oh yeah, it yeah. was all just skins, and it was so useless. Hmm. Well, Battlefront two. That was uh, the scandal. That was the big one, right? That was the huge thing because in order to unlock actual like characters and stuff like that, um, I think someone calculated how much you would have have you would have to pay, and it was like you'd have to pay like twenty four hundred dollars US. It's still cheaper than the Sims. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> originally to to unlock everything. Uh, or play the game nonstop for like three months straight, you know, like with barely even enough time to go pee or sleep or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 
it's good that gaming has advanced to the point where um, loot boxes and DLC is is more, or like season passes are more for, uh, especially for like these multiplayer online, like mainly online multiplayer games are mostly like cosmetic stuff and nothing is really well like look at um uh what was the one uh rainbow six siege yeah right? na- now they, its price points are insane it is but they release the maps to everyone right so you're not limited based off the maps all of the operators and stuff like that that they release are still open to everyone you can you can pay to unlock them early right or you can just unlock them through grinding the game. So in a way it could be kind of paid to win because like they'll release a, a new operator that could be really, really good. And if you want to play them right away, you have to buy the season pass or pay to unlock it. Um, but I guess if people are good enough in the game, when the new operator comes out, they should have enough credit in game credits to unlock them anyway. So kind of like, um, like Warzone and some of the other like um, battle royale games, where um, they have the seasons pass that you can pay for, but you can also, if you play through it without paying for the seasons pass, by the time you've completed it, you've earned enough in-game credits to unlock the seasons pass. Yeah, right. I know. It's Didn't like you eight- do that once before? Yeah, so I paid for the first one, and I haven't paid for one since. Because <clears throat> you earn enough every season. Mm-hmm. Which which makes it good, but there are some people who will buy the Seasons Pass and then pay the, like, $200 to, to just, like, blow through the Seasons Pass originally. So you could buy the $24 one that gives you the first 20 levels. So you have a 20-level advantage as of day one. So you get to unlock the new weapon of the season before people who have grinded it out. Cause everybody has access to grinding out that, whether you purchase it or not, because the first mm-hmm. 20 levels are free mm-hmm. after that. It's all like the skins that you can get in the blueprints that you can earn. That's the biggest difference with battlefield or uh, with Warzone. battlefield. I'm genuinely interested to see what customization looks like if they're going back to what worked for them, which was the four classes, which was like the gunner, the medic, the supply run and the welder or the mechanic. Yeah. First aid mechanic, uh, munition specialist, and just the, whatever. I think he was just like a gunner recon or something like that. I don't know. Scout scout. No recon and scout. Cause scout was the sniper. Same, same thing. No one runs and one snipes. Any hoozle. The the important thing, like if they're going back to those fundamentals that are core, okay, great. But what's going to bring your game to the forefront of taking away players from Call of Duty? We're not even talking about Fortnite at this point. We're talking about how are you going to take players from Call of Duty? Because See, I, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they will or if that's like that obviously is their goal. But, that's their market. But that's- you have... The thing is, is like the there's people who are diehard Call of Duty fans that will never play Battlefront or Battlefield, right? Then there's people that play both, you know, um, and they'll go back and forth between the two. And then there's the people that kind of grew up playing the older Battlefield games, um, played Battlefield two, but played Battlefield three, and really love them. And they'll definitely go back to it. You know, I I have um, a few friends that were huge, huge, huge Battlefield players, 
uh, they played. We played Battlefield One. We played Battlefield Five. We played a ton of Battlefield Three when that came out, and Four. Like we played all of them, and I guarantee that they're gonna get back into the that Battlefield Twenty Forty Two. And you know what? When I was watching that trailer, I was actually really excited to be able to get back together with my friends that and we played who I played those games with and play these games again. I remember back many, many moons ago, uh, my very first apartment. Uh, we had we were playing what was it, Battlefield three or four? I think it was Battlefield four at the time. And two of my buddies came over. We brought uh, two TVs. So we had three TVs set up in my living room and we literally just played Battlefield 4 all day and like into the, the very, very late, late evening. And it was just so much fun. And that is what I'm I'm hoping will happen again. Not necessarily bringing two TVs over to my place and playing it there, but being able to have that enjoyment of playing these this this game and having that just the kind of the, doing the shenanigans that you could in those games, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Call of Duty is always so... Um, Call of Duty is it's just... I feel like it's just so competitive, right? That you kind Call of... Call of Duty is toxic, for sure. It's like with Battlefield, it was just fun kind of... You know, it was fun playing the game to win, right? Obviously. But it was also fun just kind of doing crazy shit with your friends. Like tactically blowing or like ruining a building. Yeah. Or, or, you know, getting a dogfight, jumping out of your plane and sniping someone on the way down or blowing up another plane or jumping out of your plane right as it hits into uh, a tank, blowing that off. You know, just kind of the crazy things that Battlefield 2 and Battlefield 1942 are kind of known for. Do you want to just download Battlefield 4, stop the show and just play? <laughs> Battlefield 4 was okay. Yeah, the where I'll leave Battlefield because we have some E3 predictions to make and some some heavy discussion to talk about. But where I'll leave Battlefield is if they can at least emulate what they started with Battle Royale when they had the the Ring of Fire and make that mode better, they will pull players over. But EA has to be smart and not greedy. They have to spend the time with their like community managers being like, okay, guys, this is what the people want. They want a tiered battle pass system. Every other company has one. We need a good one. That's not just cosmetics. Give away guns, give away XP, give away coin, give away anything. Mm -hmm. But they have to, they started the 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 fps battle royale that wasn't fortnite they i think they took what PUBG did well they made one call of duty made one then both companies went back to the drawing war board warzone came out and you haven't seen anything from dice please for Mm -hmm. the love of god don't make your battle royale like you did last time where you put up sandbags that's not necessary i mean that's fun in multiplayer but Make every mode count. Please don't destroy another franchise or please don't trick us into buying another game from a franchise that we like to it also being doo-doo poop soup. Well, that's why you don't pre-order. Well, I'll pre-order anything that's $50. 
<laughs> Straight up. I will pre-order anything discounted. Yeah. And if I don't want it, I'll cancel it. This is no, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no big deal. I've done that many times. Pre-order game. Got it. Didn't open it. Reviews come out. It's crap. Game's broken. Return it. Except for that Cyberpunk. one game called Cyberpunk 2077. But I'm hopeful. I'm hope I'm still hopeful for that game. All right. So let's talk E3 2020 before we get into 2021. Do you remember last year the excitement of sitting in your your dwelling, watching, waiting, commiserating with all the fans all over the globe, whether you're watching it on IGN's feed, maybe the developer had their own YouTube channel, you were watching it on GameSpot, you were part of the chat, you were part of the community, and it felt for the first time for people who haven't experienced an E3 or a show conference that it was everybody's show. And looking back at it, I've experienced both sides of the coin. I've been lucky enough to do E3 coverage or conference coverage. And I've got to say, there is nothing. I mean, it's a close second. But do you know how easy it is to get comfortable, have a beer while you're writing notes and you're able to pause the live stream? But, oh, shit, I just saw this game. That's crazy. What was the name of it again? You yeah. have that that experience. And I think the, the worst thing about like E3. Well, I think the best thing about E3 last year is that everyone was kind of locked down. We couldn't really go anywhere. Everyone was at home. Right. Uh, now, this year, things are still kind of locked down. Ontario, um, as of as of today, um, Ontario is in currently it's it started its stage one reopening plan so patios have opened so while you're listening to my sweet sexy voice right now i'm probably at a a nice warm outdoor patio sipping a few brewskis (laughs) but anyways uh last year everything everyone was at home so you know i remember sitting on my couch watching it and Sean and I were just texting back and forth, talking about what we were seeing, things that we were excited about. This year, I'm working. So I will not be able to watch it live. I won't have that same... Like I'm going to have to avoid Reddit and Twitter and Facebook, Do all of that stuff, just so I don't get any spoilers till I get home and watch it, right? And you know the worst part about it is I'm on vacation all next week. That's hor sounds like a terrible, awful week. Yeah. David's gonna block me. <laughs> yeah, I know. You won't be able to talk to me about anything. Yeah, it, it, well, I mean, should should we should we tell them? Or should should we wait till the end of the show? Well, I don't even really know what you're talking about though, so Okay, we'll wait till the end of the show. Because obviously <laughs> you know, but you don't know because you know. So let's let's take a... we'll we'll jump in the Scooby Doo mobile like we usually do. Um our soundboard is a little mixed up, so I'm gonna make the noises for you. Okay, we're back. That was great. The year is 2020. And we have just sat down and watched the Microsoft show. And we were like, the fuck did we just watch? Do you remember the absolute mixed feelings we had a month before we even saw Sony? Not really sure like we knew what the series x was and we got the details of it but 
We're like, oh my God, they showed off Madden NFL 21, which I'll get to in a second. Specifically Madden. Yeah. But nothing jumped off the page. And then they had that. For, s- hold on, for Microsoft or Sony? For Microsoft. I'm taking this all the way back to May when they did like that weird E3. Oh, so yeah. They, they showed, I think, nothing first party. It was something that, like, it was it games was all, that were on- It was all third party. Yeah. It was like a third party showcase kind of thing. Which leads me to this before we get into the actual first party stuff that we may have missed or we still haven't seen. Like fuck EA isn't going to be involved with E3. Do you know how many EA games you are going to see through Microsoft and Nintendo's presentations? And Yeah. And, and, it's Sony's, going to be gross. and Sony's going to show a bunch of stuff when that whenever they do a state of play thing outside of after EA or after uh, E3. Sorry. Yeah. Not only that, you, you don't think Sony's hands are going to be in the Ubisoft pre- presentation uh presentation presentation or devolver digital you know take two sony's gonna be there they're just not gonna be there it's like it's like witnessing a fight in elementary school and then your parents being like well why didn't you help them like well i was over there sitting on the bench so you're an accessory to the crime sony pretending to not be at e3 is more of a farce than us not getting the Mm -hmm. switch pro i don't know um I, I just I find it funny with EA turning around being like we're not going to be there we're doing all of our stuff in July. Come on, yeah, EA. it's, with, it's like, like Battlefield three, three weeks later, two weeks later, you know, yeah, EA was, was the first one to show anything. Yeah, it's, technically, uh, right? Like, I, I think EA is going to do kind of what they did. Do you remember their treehouse last year where everybody like scrambled to get the free game? Mm-hmm. And you had to spell EA Play, and you were at work, and you were like, "Could you give me the code?" I'm like, yep. "I bet you it's EA Play." Oh yeah, because <laughs> I ended up having to watch it like afterwards, and it was like the stupidest thing ever. Did we even get the game? Uh, it was a digital copy of Watchdogs. Oh yeah, and everyone had uh, on a digital Ooh. copy of Watchdogs on on Origin on PC. That's so like it was that Need for Speed or something else, but you had to win a raffle to get it. Remember? Because everybody got it. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who did it got entered into a raffle. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, no. So they had no what it was is there was like you could select different games. Right. And then you could put your ballot into a specific game. And it was stupid because they had like, oh, we have five copies of Watch Dogs to give out or or 10 copies of um, Need for Speed Heat. And it's like, there's like 13,000 people who put their ballot in for Need for Speed Heat. So it's like, the odds of you actually getting that was pretty much like barely anything. You probably had a better chance of winning, you know, the, the, the what is the, the big lottery in the United 70 States? 70 million? Oh, no, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. You, had, you probably had a better chance of winning Super Bowl than you did winning a copy of Need for Speed Heat. Yeah. So I'm just I'm looking at the Microsoft list. We didn't get Avowed. We didn't get Halo Infinite. We didn't get Well, Halo Infinite though wasn't that was just kind of like uh an announcement, like a showcase kind of thing, right? They but they then didn't it got really... delayed, remember? So like yeah. you can't really say like in in my opinion, if they announced it and then they delayed it by the end of the year when it was supposed to release in twenty twenty, it was supposed to be a launch title. They blew it. Although they took a page from CD Projekt Red and was like, you know what? We're going to just delay this thing a little bit. 
Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get those two, and there was another game I circled, but I can't remember the hell we didn't get. Damn. There's like a bunch of stuff that they didn't like. The only thing, okay, so the only thing that Microsoft showed um, between its May May presentation and its July presentation uh, that I was that I'm still waiting for that I'm I'm very hopeful for is avowed by obsidian uh because i feel like that's kind of like their take on um elder scrolls and just kind of like how uh the outer worlds or the outer outer worlds yeah was their take on um follow follow right um so i'm i'm really interested in that one but, but if you look they at made like, the first fallout i know right but because they are not tied to the Fallout lore or Elder Scrolls, right? Like they are more like they're free to make a more original game. I mean, yeah, but Oblivion started. Uh, it's so confusing. I know what you mean, though. Right. Um, when you when you look at though, like at an overall from what games they showed between May and July. There's really a, a good portion of them have actually already released. State of Decay three didn't either. Like the the few that haven't released, um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines two, uh, Scarlet Nexus just launched actually, um, or it, it's just about to launch this month. Um, Stalker two hasn't come out. State of Decay three, I believe that one came out actually. Um, Psychonauts 2 is still, we're still waiting for that. Halo Infinite avowed, like I said. Um, you know, Forza Motorsport and Fable. Like, there's, there's a few other ones in there, but for the most part, a lot of these games have either just released or they've came out months ago. So, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what Microsoft is going to show this, this well, year. I, my, my, do you want to do predictions after we talk about all these companies, or do you want to try and interlace them? I honestly, yeah, we'll probably just interlace them. It just makes the most sense. So and Microsoft, I don't really have much of a predictions for any of these, though, to be completely honest with you, because this year it's it's just kind of um, a, a toss of the dice. True. Like right? what we do know is we're seeing Starfield, and that's Hopefully. a Microsoft exclusive. We know that now. If it's not a, if it's not an exclusive and they go timed exclusive, I'd be a real slap to to Sony's face. And I think I was I was reading a Sony blog where they were hopeful that Microsoft would show the same amount of gratitude to Sony that Sony did with the show franchise, even though that was a licensing thing, and mm-hmm. allow Starfield to also be available on the PlayStation. If anything, a- um, I could see them doing like timed exclusives because that's what Sony likes to do. Honestly, if I were Microsoft, I'd be like, no, let us, let us also have God of war. Let our player base enjoy. Like you see Microsoft on social media versus Sony. Microsoft's mm-hmm. all about inclusion mm-hmm. and loving one another and just enjoying the game. Do you think Xbox users want to spend $700 to play God of War? No. No, no. It's was the last God of War an incredible game? 
Yes. Did David play it? Maybe. Did he beat it? Probably not. Absolutely not. Did I play it? <laughs> I, I started it. I played the beginning little part. <laughs> then I stopped playing it. That, that, we call that Daviding a game. Yeah, that's a David game. Um, when it comes to Microsoft, I don't anticipate like with all the IPs they they purchased over the last year, plus everything else they're working on. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something really cool. There are still crazy whisper rumors about them trying to revive some of the rareware stuff that they own. It'd be really cool if they somehow relicensed Goldeneye because that was something that was talked about. Can you mm. imagine a James Bond multiplayer game now? I think the pro there's, and that's a whole other topic, but I think the main problem with uh, getting the GoldenEye license for at least the original N64 uh, version is because Nintendo technically owns the license for that. Yeah, it's the same thing as like Banjo-Kazooie. Microsoft mm. owns all that stuff. But here's where the crossover predictions start to begin. I think we're going to see Master Chief arrive to um, Super Smash Brothers as kind of like a... Oh, that could be interesting. Hey, here you go. I also think, like, now that you've also seen um, What's-His-Face from Splinter Cell go into Rainbow Six, like, you're seeing a lot more of that stuff. I mean, Ubisoft does on the character, mm-hmm. so that's a little bit different. I think you're going to see some of the Game Pass games that are low impact and low resource uh, use. Uh, sorry, low resource intensive. I think you're going to see them available on Nintendo Switch. That is my big, bold assumption. I, I honestly don't like. They don't even need to be. They they can't low they can't. low quality games, and no, I, I, I just, I'm not saying like poorly built games. I just mean like visual quality because. The Switch has had some pretty impressive ports on there, like Doom 3, or sorry, Doom Eternal, Doom, um, The Witcher 3. Ori and the uh, Willow of the Rift. Yeah, that, that the runs at uh, full 60 frames per second on the Nintendo Switch. I, like, There's been rumors about it for a while, but if the Switch Pro is also an inevitability, why not also this? Could you imagine your Xbox Game Pass that you pay for? Could you like two things happening? One, maybe Nintendo starts using Xbox Live. Just mind-blowing partnership. (laughs) That's never going to happen. But the fact that they can make their games accessible, much like when we were talking about Netflix being a game, uh, a game service for people. If some of these games are available to Nintendo, game-changing. Just game changing, but I, I, I don't know. My prediction or my my big hope, like a new Forza Horizon, would be nice. Um, it's, I think we have to wait for Forza Motorsport to come out before we get another Horizon. I think they that's can, just well, that just seems to be how they, that seems to be how they do it. It's usually one and then the other. It's true. I I mean, I would probably take advantage of it sooner rather than later. But you are going to see. It's going to be an hour and a half showcase on Sunday. I, I think. Money, I think. Do you want to put right? money on that? Do you want to eat a shoe? What for the Microsoft thing? Yeah, it's, it's not an hour and a half. No, they said it's ninety minutes. What are you going on about? Yeah, right. It's what not the, be ninety what minutes. What the hell is upload VR at three p.m.? That's cool. It's probably just 
for what Microsoft? No, it's a specialist VR site. Upload VR is back with an E3 showcase, including games for Oculus Quest and PSVR. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Xbox and Bethesda, June 13th, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Well, there we go. That would be tomorrow's what or today's what the 11th. So Saturday would be the 12th, Sunday the 13th. Let's go, baby. Oh, no. Sunday the 13th, the most unlucky day of the month. No, that's a Friday. Microsoft <laughs> and Bethesda will be delivering a full 90-minute showcase that is packed. Yeah, that's like not a full 90 minutes of Microsoft stuff. It's Bethesda and Microsoft. All right. See, hit, eat that shoe. Hit me with that. it. Hit me with eat it. What's one thing you want on Xbox? Or just in general, what's one game that you want? Like unannounced game? Unannounced or a property that you like, that you would like to have another game. You know what? I would love, I would love for Microsoft to announce um, like a a Knights of the Old Republic, like a a Star Wars RPG. But who would make it? Well, that's the thing. Anyone could make it because Disney rebuilt. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure Disney brought took back the license the exclusive licensing from sony or not sony um ea yeah that expired last year right so any company could be working on it so maybe microsoft one of microsoft's subsidies is working on a star wars rpg you never know it's possible a girl can dream okay a girl can dream um okay This is going to sound shocking after how mad I was the last time. I think on top of Starfield, and I don't know if it'll just be a Microsoft exclusive. It could be for both because it is known to be both companies that have this game. I think we're going to get another Fallout universe game, but more along the universe of Fallout 5. So following either the events of Fallout 4 and how that shook out or in a different part of the United States or maybe like a bordering like Canada thing. I just, it's time. We haven't had a follow, like a real fallout game in nine years, mm-hmm. eight years. Wait, when did fallout four come out? Oh, geez, 2014, like, I think. Yeah. So we haven't had a real follow for seven years. Fallout. Or Fallout 4 came out in 2015. Okay, so six years. Sorry. Fallout 76 was kind of like a... That game doesn't count. A, yeah, they had that to fix like it. That is like solo. They had to fix that. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's time we get a Fallout. And maybe maybe it's a good Fallout. Maybe it's a bad Fallout. Who knows? It'll probably be a bad Fallout. Square Enix is going to probably show off some Life is Strange, some Marvel's Avengers, because they're adding more to that. Yeah, they keep pushing that game. (laughs) Give it to me for free and I'll play it. I have it for free. Well, not like it's it's on PlayStation now. So I Mm -hmm. tried it out. It's okay. It's nothing special, though. But I the first part is like the demo or the beta. Sorry, which I already played. So I was bored right away because I've already done it. Fair. What do you expect out of Ubisoft besides Far Cry 6, which they've already kind of shown off? Ubisoft is going to be an interesting one because Ubisoft themselves are going to like they're are they doing their own showcase? 
Yes, they are. Yeah. They are doing it June 12th, so, so Saturday. I can see them easily doing a bunch of like Rabbids stuff for Nintendo. Something you, you Rabbids. You think that's going to li- live on? Yeah, that's like one of their big, big things for the Nintendo consoles is the Rabbids stuff. Uh, we're definitely going to see Just Dance 2021 or 2022. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if there is a something along the lines of um, what's that open world city shooter? The Division 3. Yeah. Oh, and Riders Republic will see something for it. Yeah, and then we're going to see some sort of um, online multiplayer battle royale MOBA type thing. 100%. Huh. I think it's too early for another Assassin's Creed. Well, but they, I think uh, I think we'll definitely see see something from like the division or another one of their their major IPs that they haven't released anything for in a few just, years. They're dropping new stuff for Rainbow Six. Oh yeah, that, that game's like always. Rainbow Six is cleaned up. Yeah. It's it's so hard. I've been playing for the last three weeks, and now they have a mechanic in the game where you can't play ranked if you rank low lower. Or if there's too much of a divide between the highest player in your party and your lowest player in your party, you can't play with them. So I've been sidelined until I get better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the game literally is telling you get good. Well, I mean, in eight game or yeah, in 10 ranked games, I won three. So I kind of deserved it. Um, do you expect anything out of Devolver Digital? Mm, no. All right. How about Gearbox? Uh, they're going to just do another uh, Borderlands. Yeah. <laughs> Borderlands 82. Yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued. I did not see this VR showcase before, and now I'm intrigued by it. I've I, I've like dipped my toe into the VR world, and I, I know it's really expensive to get into, so I don't know fully, but. Um, yeah. Sorry, the VR one will be interesting. I I'll be surprised uh, because we know that Sony's coming out with the uh, PlayStation VR two, so it'll be interesting to see if there's things that are if if more of that's kind of shown during the uh, VR showcase. Yeah, most intriguing company for me, aside from Nintendo, which we will talk about in thirty seconds, is Warner Brothers. They have Gotham Knights coming out, Suicide Squads, Kill the Justice League. And Hogwarts Legacy, all slated for 2022. And I do believe they are, they will be releasing more information for Back for Blood, which is like the love letter to Left for Dead, right? Mm-hmm. WB could have a wild show by accident because they have titles people want. The Justice League game, or Gotham Knights, which is just uh, like, I guess a Titans kind of game, mm-hmm. looks great. Suicide Squad, I hope, gets released alongside the movie. And Hogwarts Legacy, we already know, is delayed. So I don't know what to really expect unless they give us like a concrete date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo. Nintendo, Nintendo. I, what are we going to do? I was going to say something. Sure. I, my biggest gripe with E3 in general, though, is that, uh, and, and you've already said some release dates, or release years is that everything that is announced is um, always like next year, like 2022 or holiday or, 
they don't actually have a specific release date. It's so frustrating when these companies announce something either without even um, a release year, right? Um, or just announce something without even a date in general. You know, Nintendo did that last year with uh, Metroid Prime 4. Or was it two years ago? And then they ended up having to uh, make an apology video saying that they have have to delay the game and they're starting over from scratch because it wasn't living up to their the hype. You know, Starfield or Star whatever uh, is a prime example of this. They announced it two years way, ago. way too early. Right, they, just with a with a title, and so it's just so frustrating that there's these like they announce these games. Same with Avowed, right? They announced that last year, and it's not planned to come out f- till next year. Avowed was used as a tech demo, though. But it wasn't. It wasn't right. Like it's definitely going to be a full a full game, and you know, I think there's that was more of a uh, a cinematic trailer, though. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't really a, a, a tech demo per se, not something like Forza where they use those for like in-game engine stuff. Um, the, the one company that does a lot of things like with their treehouse and or um, Nintendo directs and all that stuff where they'll announce stuff that comes is coming out, you know, next year or holiday 2021. But they also have a good number of things that are like available right now on the eShop available tomorrow available this month. Right. So Nintendo, as much as, as much as they are notorious for announcing things way too early, they are also probably one of the only companies that actually make announcements for games that you can play right away. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo has been known to be like, download this after this video you're like what shit that's crazy nintendo to me though this year has to make a statement switch pro aside what are you going to do you have to put up and shut up you had an amazing year last year you depended on that year of mario right Mm -hmm. what are you going to do this year are we going to see super mario odyssey 2 or are you going to wait till you have new hardware we're clearly going to see more RCS footage. That's that's a no-brainer at this point in time. They're going to pump the shit out of Pokemon for like 25 minutes in this presentation. And then probably be like, join us for a uh, Pokemon Direct later this month. Because, of course. What are you going to do that's special or different? We have Mario Golf coming out great. Yeah, like they're definitely, like like I said earlier in the show, you know, they're definitely going to show off Breath of the Wild 2. They're definitely going to show off um If we Smash don't get Pro Metroid stuff. 4, it's over. I, I really hope we see or at least hear something. It's, that's another thing that Nintendo does. You know, they did it with Pokemon. They did it with uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, actually, a lot with Animal Crossing. Where they would kind of give these little snippets being like, I know that you guys are interested and you want to hear more about this game. While we can't show you anything specific right now, we can tell you that everything is on track and, you know, development is going well. You know, I wish more companies would do that instead of us waiting, 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 not hearing anything. And then a month before launch of a game, we get like a little blurb posted on their Twitter feed saying that, oh, well, because, you know, 
we haven't been able to put enough hours in to making this game. We're going to have to delay it till next year. Right? At least Nintendo gives little snippet updates of something that like what people want to know. It just kind of eases the the tension, I I guess, you know, cuz Animal Crossing is a prime example of something that everyone was so excited for, right? There it was also like came such out a, at the right time. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but regardless of when it came out, it would have been a huge seller anyways. Um, but it was one of those games that everyone was really excited for. And I think if Nintendo were to just keep delaying that game the way that uh, other companies have delayed their games with like a Twitter statement, you know, people would have been really upset. Um, so instead they just didn't talk about it for four years and here we are. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, don't talk about it. <laughs> but now the expectation is so insane. Like mm-hmm. it's the first thing people are saying out of Nintendo is I want Metroid four on top of that. Well, I think, I think that's because Nintendo made the mistake of announcing it way too early. Oh, totally. Totally. Right. So again, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked for Microsoft. One or two games. What do you want? Uh, obviously, Metro Prime 4. Okay. That one's um, a fever dream, though, so we, we yeah, won't worry about that one too much. You know, I would actually really, really like a Metroid Prime collection. Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3 with updated graphics and controls for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I know everyone hates the whole, like, oh, Nintendo's just rehashing their old games and selling it to us for full price. Well, um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, you got three full games for 60 bucks. Right? Like, yes. Yes, you did. Right? Um, I I think leading up to Metro Prime 4, if Nintendo were to give us the ability to play the original trilogy in its completion on their Nintendo Switch console, you know, one of their biggest and fastest selling systems, then that would ease the pain of having to wait for Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. And I'm also really interested to see more of the new open world Pokemon game. Oh, RCS? Yeah. For me, I would like Nintendo to spend the time that they spent with Super Smash Brothers. Keep supporting that. I believe it's at like 80 characters now or something crazy. Yeah, I I think they're going to support that game for a very long time. I would like the same treatment for Super Mario Kart. Call it Super Mario Kart, but call it like something bananas, just like something crazy. Reintroduce some of our old favorite levels. Obviously, if you are going to release a Mario Kart game, you have to come up with at least eight cups worth of new tracks and then either have a DLC planned or do it kind of like Smash Brothers does where it's like $5 per pack and you can add like maybe four cups and a few characters or you have a bunch of characters unlockable. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, you have us. We're listening. Give us some of the um, the elements from the game that we enjoyed from the, the last game was literally a port. So we had Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Same they game. Were, same same. Now- if they were to uh, bring Mario Kart Double Dash to the Nintendo Switch, see, <laughs> yes, my money. I like where you're at, but I would say that should be a category, a subcategory. You want to play straight Mario Kart, or do you want to play Double Dash, or do you play like some crazy mode where you have the choice of one car or two? 
because you still get two items no matter how you play now. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a little different. The only thing is you get to choose which weapon you use if you're playing on a double dash cart. Well, but, the, the main appeal for double dash is that it allowed two people to play one cart. Yeah. Right? Like it was like a strategic multiplayer. So with that being said, that would be my hope. Like, let's get like you have almost, I would assume, close to 100 tracks now, right? Between all nine games, all of them. Yeah, let's do it. Like, could you imagine the DLC comes for Smash Brothers and you're just like, you get Sonic now. You get a Diddy Kong cart. You get there's a DLC that's Diddy Kong racing characters. Come on, please. Also, as always, an open world 3D Donkey Kong. I will ask every year <laughs> because side scrolling Donkey Kong while fun is not an open world 3D. So, do you want to get to some fan mail before we go? We'll spend a yeah, few minutes doing that. Lay it on me. Get that letter opener out. Well, it's more like Instagram comments. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we, we took to the internet and we asked, What are you looking forward to? Or, What, what would you hope for for E3? Silky XOXO sends in back for blood announcement. Question mark heart. Yes, we hope so. We definitely hope so. Because Left 4 Dead was good, but Back for Blood could be better. I hope. Next up, we have Gabriel. And he says, I need an official release date for Halo Infinite. Don't we all? What do you think? Do you think we get this one for fall? No. David says yes. I'm hoping David's agreeing with me. He has gone AFK for the moment, so I apologize. Oh, sorry. I was muted. Oh, there you go. I was like, (laughs) where did you go? Um, I accidentally clicked clicked the mute button. Um, I I could see Halo Infinite being a holiday game this year. Sure. Sony or Microsoft needs something this year. Um, But it it won't do any good if people can't get the consoles. I'd agree. Here is probably my favorite response I've seen today. Uh, more Pokemon content, obviously. This is from Anthony.mt.n. But here's where I like where he's going. Announcing plans for content packs for the new Pokemon Snap. Yes, please Ooh, add more that Pokemon. That be interesting. Please add more islands. I will pay DLC or give it to us for free. This game was worth the money. Chris and I, I had I an absolute see, blast playing it. I could see that being a viable game for like uh, a season's pass or an expansion pass. But it has to be worth it at the same time, right? Like yeah, you can't like just be they like, could here's do, one level. They could have like an expansion pass where it's like a different island. You know, in all honesty, what they also could do is some level caps for like three. Maybe the expansion pack is like we added. 130 more Pokemon to all your favorite levels. You have to go find them. Levels now increase to five. Okay. All, all my favorite levels. I mean, you I, probably I only played the first one, level. I only have one favorite level, so that's going to be a very, very crowded <laughs> area. What's your favorite level? The first one. Oh, that's because that's how far you've played. <laughs> hey, no, I'm on the second level. Um, our friend Axis and Ales, or you guys know him as co-host Owen, posted, looking forward to seeing what new titles come out for the PS5. So when I can actually get one, I can play them. Beep, 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 beep. 
ain't that the truth oh yeah as um, i look at my playstation 5 just lovingly collecting l- dust. looking back at me i know i keep making this joke that david never plays his ps5 i play it all the time he's, he's gonna start <laughs> sending me video proof like look at what i'm doing see um lt holic says arms two smash brothers characters um god of war 2 and let's not forget super mario odyssey 2 Elsie Hollick, I like the way you think. Um, was uh was Arms Two a thing, or is that? I think it's a hope. Just a, a hope that could be interesting because Arms was a fairly, it did fairly well. It was a launch title, kind of sh- just showcasing the uh, Joy Cons, right? It was kind of a tech demo, but uh, it did well enough for them to put one of the characters into Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. So maybe we might get an Arms Two. Oh, you know what we're gonna see? More of Splatoon Three. Oh, yes, totally. Yeah. It's not an E3 without Splatoon 3. Oh, perfect. Um, I responded to this comment earlier today. I'm um, just saying, what what characters would you like to see in Smash Brothers? I personally would like to see Master Chief or Knuckles. Because they already have Sonic. I think Knuckles would be a cool addition. Uh, yeah, that could actually be pretty pretty interesting. I could just imagine him like flying like he did in Adventure Battle 2. But to that, like the head of Mario, just punching him in the face. <laughs> it's a uh, sadistic. That, I know that would that would lead to some pretty interesting memes. A- any thoughts for uh, Mario Odyssey two? Um, you know, I'm gonna be completely honest. I wasn't like a big fan of Odyssey to begin with. Well, that is being completely honest. Just Thank because you. I feel like the in order to be good. At the game, you have to play with motion controls. Um, right? Yeah, I found it. I played with the the like the switch controller. So I like the, I, the pro controller. No, 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 the like the little harness that you put your joy con. Yeah. In. So you played it as in a uh, controller, like a tip the typical controller style. But well, I yeah, because like... the motion controllers worked in that, not necessarily with the pro. The Pro has motion controls. I know it, it, it would have been the same. It didn't and feel the same is what I'm trying to say. I just I just think like in order to be able to do all the cool jumps and all that stuff is you have to like have it in like individual joy cons. And I don't know. Like, it, it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't doing it for me. It limits your ability to play for long periods of time, too, because those controllers don't last forever. Yeah. And, and you know. Sometimes I just want to be lazy and I don't want to swing my arms around to make Mario jump. Um, we got a underscore M one TB with Metroid four buddy. We see you. We hear you. We all want it. We all need it. We all crave it. Finally, we got uh bill from the gram looking forward to some Starfield. curious as if to see, we see some sort of next generation star Wars RPG. I think yeah, here we go. Star Wars RPG, but it's got to be done right. And by somebody who cares, if it's along the lines of like, um, like old school Knights of the Republic, even Mass Effect, you know, that style, if, if, if it was a first person RPG, kind of like if ugh, man, if Obsidian were to make another Star Wars RPG, cause they did Knights of the Republic too. Then, uh, that is I'm sold. Okay. So 
I'm going to ask you before we sign off. What is one bold prediction that you haven't said all show? What is one bold prediction that you have for this week? Um, way to put me on the spot. A bold prediction, like just in anything in general. Yeah. What's one thing you think you're going to see? What like at E3, not like at E3 in, yes. in, real, <laughs> in real life. What is something that I think I'm going to see at E3? I don't know. That that's that's impossible to say. This year is such a crapshoot. It could literally go in any direction. Like this is just like this whole episode was us just like pulling things out of our ass, right? Like <laughs> true. Just hoping for the best. Do you want mine? Yeah. Grand Theft Auto Six. Oh, we, I totally forgot about that. I, no, I, we're not going to see that. We're it's not going to see that because GTA 5 hasn't even released. It doesn't have uh, to. doesn't have to. It's it's time. What's Rockstar been up to since uh, Red Dead Redemption 2? GTA 5 for the PS5. Yeah, no, it's coming. We're, we're, we're here. Let's go. That's my prediction. That's my bold-ass prediction. Now... Before we close it out, we want to let you guys know a few programming changes for next week. We do have a busy week. If you're expecting the Meeple Show, it will still be around on Tuesday. We are going to be sprinkling in some goodness um, as well. I do believe, unless, David, I'm wrong, we have full intentions of airing both a Meeple's and the Microsoft presentation review on Tuesday. And then later in the week, we will be having our, our regular show will be a Nintendo review. And then we'll have a following show sometime after that with Ubisoft. Take two, or yeah, take two, and everything else that we kind of think of. Is that correct? Yeah, we're we're gonna have a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's going it's going to be a wild week. I doubt I play a single video game because I'll be just learning about them all. But as always, check us out on Instagram, check us out on Facebook, check us out on your favorite podcatcher for myself and David. That's me. We'll see you guys next week on the Scene on Screen podcast. Mm-hmm.